the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Here's your host, Bob Bender. Good afternoon, Colorado Springs. Dr. Bob here. Thank you so much for joining us. Crosswalk Colorado Springs. I'm here every Thursday and Friday, 5 to 6, 100.7 the Word, where we share the Word and where we get blessed. And during our time together, we have conversations here at Crosswalk with individuals who can encourage us and enrich us and maybe equip us a little bit to deal with life's issues. And guess what? We enjoy it along the way. Christians ought to have more fun than anybody. So that's our mantra, and that's where we are headed, and I know we will accomplish that this afternoon. Beverly, my wife, and I got to drive up to Denver today to speak at the Avenue Church in Aurora to speak to their retirees, and what a joy it was to make that beautiful trip and to be with those beautiful people and to make it back in time for my show. That's always a good thing, so that my producer, Matt West, doesn't have a heart attack wondering where I am. So, I'm here, God's here, now we can start. I'm praying through Deuteronomy, and I came through Deuteronomy 8 today, 17 and 18, where the Lord says, But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to make wealth. Otherwise, you may say in your heart that my power and the strength of my hand has made me this wealth. May I remind you, dear listener, whatever little or whatever much we have comes from God. I look at life like this, that God and others are responsible for all that I am and have. Think about that. Would you make that your life message? God and others are responsible for all that I am and have. It is he who has given us power to make wealth. So let us thank him that his power and strength has made the wealth and not ourselves. So, Lord, thank you for all you've given us. Help us to steward it well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I have as my guest this afternoon, Brian Little. Brian, welcome to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. Great to be here, Bob. It's great to have you here, sir. We have known each other, uh, I don't know, uh, going on two decades here. And I'm just going to say this, that in your fellowship, in your church, you need a Brian Little. You need a guy like Brian, who is our lay leader, and he's a stellar rock star of a Christian. He's a churchman. And Brian, Cross Fellowship Church would not be what it is without you. 
I'm honored to be a member and to serve the Lord and to work with people like you. I tell you what, it is a blessing. What God has done there is nothing short of miraculous, and God does great things because of great laypersons like yourself. Thank you for leading us and serving us so ably. Now, Brian, you are a retired serviceman. Is that what you're called, a serviceman? Give me, give me the t- correct terminology. Throw me oh. under the bus right here as we begin. A retiree is a fine name, yes. Okay. Just retiree. Just a retiree, period. Yes, period. But you were a serviceman. I did. Okay. What did you do? Well, I was in the Air Force. Okay. I launched ICBMs, uh, worked with Congress, worked with President Clinton for a couple of years, and then retired as a uh, commander at Little Rock Air Force Base in the heartland of Arkansas. Wow. Cool. Cool. And uh, they... Th- they wore shoes. It's not, you know, they wore shoes in Arkansas, right? It's not, yes, they did. Okay, good, good. You know, sometimes you get misrepresented. I'm from Oklahoma. I get hit pretty hard, too. And so you retired to Colorado. I did. 2002, I said to myself, self, I've had enough time in the military. It's time to do something different. I had spent my seventh grade year in Boulder. Okay. And felt a, a draw to Colorado. Excellent weather a great military presence, and I felt a lot of ministry that would be uh, I'd be able to work with. Wow. So I grabbed my family, wife and two daughters, and left Arkansas, woo pig suey, and traveled to Colorado Springs. Didn't wow. know anybody, didn't have a job, just came here. Well, we, we're not from Colorado either, but we got here as fast as we could. <laughs> and uh, 03 is when we arrived, about the same time. And you're right, we are blessed to have a great city in which to live. Uh, we're, we've got a lot going for us, obviously one of the top cities in the United States. And I understand by 2050, we're going to be the largest, largest city in Colorado. We keep oh. growing like we are. People keep coming here who uh, need Jesus. And so we hope to help them on their journey toward the Lord. Speaking of Jesus, it's a good thing to talk about it, Brian. Why not? Would you mind? Not at all. All right. How did you meet Jesus? I was at a revival in Boulder, Colorado, at a Baptist church. I was 12 years old. It was day four of the revival. Oh, man, it's almost over. I know. (laughs) The songs were playing. The pastors were preaching. And it was like I just felt someone touch me and say, walk forward. So 12 years old, I went forward. I had come from a Christian home, so it wasn't a 180-degree change. But I just wanted to make the formal proclamation to give my life to the Lord. Wow. was baptized soon after and began my journey. Wow. That is a great testimony. You were 13, right? You said 12, yes. 13. Yeah. I was 16 at youth camp, Did uh, made that same decision. Well, I'm glad you, uh, glad the, deci- the, the revival wasn't over before you decided to follow Jesus, and, and that was in a Baptist church, but you were a prodigal for many years. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Southern Baptist prodigal. Yes. Then you came back into the fold at then the First Baptist Church of Black Forest, now Cross Fellowship Church. And when when did you uh, connect uh, with us? Joined them in 2010. 2010. Well, every every church you've been at, you've you've served, and uh, mm-hmm. you've and every every lay person under the sound of my voice, you have a lot to offer. You've got a lot to receive from the Lord and give to the Lord. So make your days count. And what. What would you say to to, to our lay people, our lay listeners, as a layman, what would you say to them before we get into the topic of the day, Brian? I lead a life group 
has the name of Kairos. And what Kairos means is that there is an opportunity each day that the Lord has for you. You know, as believers, we have the great blessing to know that not only has God prepared works for us, but he has also prepared us for those works. Wow, it's good. Good. And in fact, in Ephesians 2.10, it says that very thing, and that we are created for good works. We are his workmanship. And that Greek word is poema, means poem. No two poems alike. All of us are unique. And we have unique gifts and callings, and all of us can can do something. That's right. Better That's right. together. So be a part of the body of Christ and allow the Lord to use you in your specific assembly of saints, wherever you worship. And if you need one, Cross Fellowship Church is right out there for you to give us a try if you're not going anywhere. Okay, Brian, you served in the military, a colonel in the Air Force, and you flew, right? No, sir, I didn't. You did not fly. I I saw those fixed wings pictures on your wall. That's deceiving, Brian. Uh, What's that about? I have a single-engine private pilot's license, and so I proudly tell the pilots as I board the Southwest Airline, if they lose one engine and they're down to just one, give me a call. All right. You're right there. You're right there. Well, you just you just led bases then. That's correct. Well, good. Worked with Congress and led bases. All right. We appreciate your service, and we mean that sincerely. All right. So what does a guy do when he retires from the military? Me specifically. Yeah. I retired and came out here and said, Sherry, my wife, said, let's do something for the Lord, and I like finances. So we decided to create a financial company right here in Colorado Springs. No real financial experience in the commercial world other than what I had learned in the military. So we started a company together. And I work primarily with federal employees, not exclusively, but primarily around the country. And I travel to agencies, whether it be FAA, BLM, or whatever, enjoy speaking to people about finances. Primary military, getting the ready for retirement, I assume. Yes. Boy, that is a big help. When we return, we're going to talk about money and how we can do better with the money the Lord's given us with Brian Little. See you in a minute. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7. The Word. Good afternoon, Colorado Springs, El Paso County, Castle Rock, Pueblo. Thank you for joining us this afternoon on Crosswalk, Colorado Springs with Brian Little, Certified Financial Planner. And you are certifiable, my friend. You are certifiable. Let's put it that way. All right, let's talk money. And the phone lines are open. Here's your chance to ask a certified financial planner whose clock is not running, free advice about money. So take that to heart, 844-500-9673, 844-500-9673. If you have a question about money, we are here for you because Brian Money is something we all deal with every day. And so help us, if you can, and I know you can, 
to get a better handle on it. I guess what where I would like to start, Brian, give, give me give me a Bible verse. Give me we're we're biblical here. What what biblical basis? Let's start there. You would you share with us? It's interesting that in the Bible, over two thousand verses address money. Wow. And that's nearly twice as many as talk about faith and prayer. Wow. So obviously it's important. And Jesus talked about it a lot as well. He did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he did. It is a, a, a verse or a, I found a parable of the talents to be very useful for us as believers. Kind of puts managing money in a perspective for us to look at. And that is... God uses money. Some of us have a lot. Some of us have very little. But he uses it as an opportunity for us to develop discipline. In the parable of the talents, as each one showed their discipline and their ability to be good stewards, and it was obviously rewarded those that, well, did better. So I think when we look at money from a Christian perspective, it is important that we look at it as we want to be good stewards. That's that's a good word. That word steward, manager, home house manager, a steward, obviously, is a steward of somebody else's property. He's a money manager. So what I hear you saying is God has allotted to us. I guess I'm inferring what you're saying. It's 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 all God's, and he's allowed us to steward a part of it. Well said, Dr. Bob. It's a loan to us. And sometimes we have the opportunity to have a great deal, and sometimes that we don't. I know that sometimes people think, well, money money is bad. It is the root of all evil. Well, what the Bible says is the love of money is a root of evil. And I think if we as Christians can look at whatever God has given to us temporarily as an opportunity to serve him and to influence others to the kingdom. Well said, and to, and to, and to be responsible with the, with the part that we have to use to live as well, obviously. My, my verse, Brian, is out of First Timothy 6. 17, instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches. When we talk about being rich in this world, as you know, the United States is 4% of this world's population, and we control almost 31% of the world's wealth. So by world's standards, most everyone in the United States is rich. Wouldn't you agree? I would. I would agree very much. And if you if you drive a car, you're in the top 17% of this world's population. We forget, and all it takes is going on a mission trip, isn't it, Brian? You're right. To open our eyes to the world's needs and to the blessings we have. It's The verse goes on, but to, but to fix your hope on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Listen, God has given you things to enjoy. I remember, Brian, walking out of a restaurant in... in Austin, we had a discipleship conference. Gene War was the discipleship uh, speaker, a uh, wealthy individual. But anyway, we were walking out of the restaurant, and, and, he, and he's, he was a navigator. You know how navigators can be. I hate to you know, generalize, but they can be you know, pretty rough and tough. And, and he just, you know, he was just, he discipled me, R, 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 you know. And he walked out and he said, Bob, isn't it great that God has given us all things richly to enjoy? 
And I never thought of that. You know, I'm mm. thinking, you know, discipline, RRR. But hey, uh, you know, uh, just re- rejoice in the fact that he's given us all things to enjoy. And what we have, we are to be generous and ready to share. So I want to encourage us to look at money as an opportunity to uh, to demonstrate our stewardship, our responsibility in life. And as we think in terms, I think the goal, Brian, in my opinion, is to be financially free. That's Agreed. the goal in life with money is to be financially free. Agreed. As we think in terms of what financial freedom is, in my opinion, it's not the amount of money you have. It's how effective you are using it, free from the love of money, free from exorbitant debt. And we'll talk about that. I'd like to get your take on debt here in a minute. But we all want to be financially free and, and take that burden off of us. I can remember a season in the 90s when Beverly and I were $20,000 in consumer debt. You know, we had three kids and cars were blowing up and whatnot right and left. And But, you know, the Lord helps, helps us to get out of it. And throughout that whole time, we tied the first the first check that went out every month or whenever we got paid was the tithe. God will take care of us. And it took some discipline. It took some working at it. But wherever you are in your journey, there is the light of day. And you, Brian, do you deal with a lot of people with financial problems? You know, I do. I, I speak to probably five to 10,000 people a year across the country, and that is the entire spectrum of wealth. From extreme debt to well, extreme success. Mm-hmm. And what do you what do you find is the number one problem as you deal with folks? The thing that came, seems to bubble up more than anything else. Those that tend to have extremely high debt have let a l- amount of money be their motivation for life. Wow! Each day they look at one how they can get all they can get, and then how they can spend more than they get. Wow, that's that's good insight. And uh, did you uh, did you as a kid did you like blow those bubbles out in the yard, you know, you get yes. the little the, you put it in a little round thing and you blow the bubble and it and it sails around, you know. What happened what happened when you touch that bubble, Brian? It would normally pop. <laughs> it would normally pop. <laughs> yes. And I think that is an illustration of our society and of anyone who who seeks after money. Because when you get it, it's, it's, it's not going to help you. It's not going to suffice. And we all know how much money we need. A little more, right? Yeah. <laughs> a yes. little more. So let's talk then. Let's talk, first of all, I've got here a four, four areas. As I, as I see money, Brian, how we spend it, how we save it, how we give it away, and how we invest it. Could we kind of, let's just kind of unpack that for a little as uh, what what advice would you give on spending money as a financial planner I think it is prudent to have a plan have a plan a plan have a budget have an idea whether it's envelopes whether it's a quickened spreadsheet however you want to do it have a plan because if you allow yourself to listen to others and not have a plan you will always spend more than you should. Yep, yep. Have a budget. Live within your budget. We use the ledger book. We're not, uh, we, I guess we could use a computer. For, we start out with the ledger book, you know. We got the general tab and the grocery tab and the giving tab and the utility tab. And, you know, when the money runs out in the tab, the money's not there. Now, sometimes we'll bleed over. I've got money over here, you know. But, hey, have a budget. That that uh, budget is the 
is the French word for purse, you know, the old purse approach, you know. So as you spend money, have a budget. That's a great a plan. Yep. And stick with the plan uh, because it can it can run away with you real quickly. Without a doubt. And I think uh, I think we'll have to answer the Lord, but with, with how we spend our money. Agreed. Because it is part of being a steward of what God has given us. When we return, we're going to talk about saving and giving and investing and all kinds of good things to help us deal with the issue of money that all of us deal with every day. See you when we get back. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back, team. We're talking money. (laughs) An uncomfortable subject for a lot of us, but one that is needful. It was one of Jesus' top five subjects, over 200 verses in the Bible about money and the opportunity we have, not only to make a kingdom impact, but to be stewards, managers of what the Lord has given us. And with me is Brian Little, Certified Financial Planner. And if you have a question about money, give me a call, 844-500-9673, 844-500-9673. So my question for you, Brian, is how should a Christian deal with money? Give me some, give me some help here. How should a Christian deal with money? As we said a moment ago, money should not be the primary motivation for your walk with God. God sometimes gives people, well, loads of money to serve others. And for others, God asks his children to use other tools other than money to reach others. So don't look at money as the whole reason for your ministry or for your existence, but use it as the Lord blesses you with it. Very good. So uh, you're not a prosperity gospel guy. You are correct. All right. But there seems to be, you know, seems to be an, some encouragement in Scripture, Brian, about giving. You know, give and it shall be pressed down, overflowing. Test me, says the Lord. And I'm going to ask you how you approach that. But my my approach is, Brian, that number one, you can't outgive God, and number two, we give to get. To give, to get, to give. Most of us, as we go through life, because we advance in our job and we grow, the Lord seems to, for most of us, I know some might not be true, but he seems to give more to us. So the more, maybe maybe it's that verse where we're faithful in the little, we get a little more, but what we do with that little more is important, Brian, and I would encourage us to keep giving even more. Your take on that. Couldn't agree with you more, Dr. Bob. Uh, I look at giving as whatever the Lord has allowed us to have. Hold it with a wide open hand. After the fire, uh, my wife's a teacher, and she went to substitute one day, and the principal said, hey, our church wants to give each person that lost their home in the fire, which we did, a small check of a couple hundred dollars. Sherry gave it to us. We didn't have a need to it, so we gave it away. Not a week later, another person comes up to us and says, I felt led to give you a check for $500. We didn't need it, so we gave it away. And then we get another check for $750 a couple months later. And I'm like, Lord, I can't give it away fast enough. And his comment to me was this. 
Brian and Sherry, the two of you demonstrate what it means to be a conduit. And as long as that conduit stays open, that hand stays open, as you said, Dr. Bob, we cannot outgive God. He will provide us such abundance as long as we don't grab it tightly. That's a beautiful imagery of the fist. Do we hold life? Do we hold possessions? Do we hold money with a closed fist or an open hand or an open hand? And as we think in, in my two open hands here, what, what, I, what I like to do, Brian, is to lead people from being tightwads <laughs> to tippers to tithers and then to total extravagant givers. And as we give and as we move through that, and I think the Lord helps us to move through that so we can get to the place where it's all God's. As I hold out my hands here, am I just going to hold everything else as fist and one finger out, in other words, the tithe, or am I going to hold all my fingers out, both hands, as to become a a total extravagant giver? And I would encourage us to, number one, give to the local ministry of your church, and then find other opportunities. We support two kids in Ethiopia. We support Hope is Alive, missions opportunities. And I hope you're a member of a church that gives money away, too, because Cross Fellowship, as you know, Brian, gives away 20% of our income just because we're not building our own kingdom. We're trying to build the kingdom of God. So we've talked about, we're talking about spending, having a plan, having a budget. We talked about giving, the importance of giving. And, and of course, saving is, is a no-brainer, man, just uh, what do you need? What do you need? That three months in, in reserve? What would you suggest that we have in reserve for, for savings for an emergency? Is there a, a, an amount that you have that you'd suggest? Yes. Uh, most advisors would suggest three to six months of your expenses. You're good. It's good to be talking about this now at the beginning of the year because it's just starting. What I would do is look at maybe January or even February and track every penny that you spend that Starbucks drink, that uh, spare tire getting fixed or a flat, uh, gas, whatever it may be. And by the end of February, you will have a very clear picture of what money you need. Go through those expenses and delineate between essentials and discretionary. Let's say that you spend 4000 a month. 3000 of that is essential. Mm-hmm. The other 1000 is discretionary. Save three months of that $3,000, and that should give you that safety net financially when difficulties happen. Good word, good word, because things happen. You know, I mean, you know, with transportation, I had a rock on the windshield this, this week. Ah, man, uh, you can't win with transportation, Brian. It's how less badly can you lose. <laughs> I've never paid over $13,000 for a car in my life, and I bought this one uh, and I've been guilty ever since, but it's it's going to be good. It's going to last longer, I guess, because it costs more. Yeah. All you right. like to think. Yeah, there you go. All right, planning ahead, planning long term. Well, let's talk about credit cards. Let's talk about credit cards because I I put in some gas in my car today, Castle Rock, coming back from Denver, and I think it came out to about 50 bucks, I guess. I don't know, 40, 50. And the thought occurred to me, Brian, what if I didn't have a credit card and had to shell out a $50 bill every time I filled up my car. That would change things, wouldn't it? It certainly would. <laughs> and I think we need to think like that. 
We just throw these credit cards around like, you know, dooty da da. That's 50 bucks. If really, if I had a $50 bill, I would be rather reluctant to give it to that gas clerk. But that's in reality, it's what, what's is happening. Agree. Well, talk to me about credit cards. I think that credit cards can have a place in someone who is disciplined with their money. If you're not disciplined with your money, I would say you use what Dr. Bob said, whether it's envelopes or whatever, and use that cash. Get a very clear realization of just what that Starbucks coffee costs at $7.50 or a lunch out or a dinner out. If you become very aware of what you're spending, income exceeds expenses, I don't see a serious problem in using credit cards as long as you follow one simple rule. What's that? And that is, make sure every month it gets paid off. I was speaking to a young gentleman a couple of weeks ago, and he had $20,000 of credit card debt. And I said, how are you paying that off? He says, oh, I'm so glad that every statement, it says what the minimum amount is. And I do that. Now, at the time, I said, sir, do you realize that you will spend 10 to 20 years to pay off that amount? So I think credit cards can be a tool that we can use, but only once we are disciplined and we uh, make sure every month that that credit card bill is paid off. You bet. Good word, because if you're just paying the minimum balance, you're paying 96% interest. It's going to take you forever to pay it off. So if you have a, would if you have like two or three cards, would you say to consolidate them? If I'm trying to get out of debt or the, the lowest rate first, how do I get out of my, how do I get out of this thing? If I got two or three cards, two or three balances. A couple things to be aware of with credit cards. Number one, your credit score is based on the amount of debt that you could have. So it's easy to say, well, I have three or four credit cards here. I'm just going to keep them all. I'll talk after the break here about what to do with credit cards and how to have the use of those best affect your credit score. And to maximize your usefulness and to use them wisely. When we return... How can we get out of debt, use of credit cards, and how can we invest spiritually and financially when we return? Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back, team. We're talking money. We're talking being a good steward with Brian Little, Certified Financial Planner. And the verse I spoke of earlier, Brian, First First Timothy 6, 17, about not putting our hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. As you know, I'm in the financial space now. And my, my passion, Brian, is to lead retirees to be the place where they're fully funded for fun and fruitfulness fully funded for fun and fruitfulness. So take advantage of the opportunity, no matter how old you are, to begin to put some funds away so that when you are retired like myself, you have resources. I mean, you're retired. You've earned the fun, right, Brian? Correct. But we want to continue to be fruitful. Without a doubt. To use our resources, continue to impact 
for the kingdom of God. And the verse goes on to say, so that you may take hold of that which is life indeed. I'm telling you, you really live when you get to the place where you are a total giver and it's all God's and you just kind of go as he leads us. But to get there, we got to get out of debt first, Brian. Okay, example A, I've got a a $2,000 balance on credit card A, a $4,000 on B, and a $10,000 on C. How do I get out of this mess? Yeah, it's a great question and pretty common, Dr. Bob. My recommendation for most people would be to pay off the smallest balance first. You have a minimum you must pay off on each one, but take a little bit extra as available and pay off that smaller balance. Why? Well, then you can get a win. You can get that $2,000 debt paid off, and now you take what you were paying in that and add it to the second balance, kind of like snowballing, like Dave Ramsey talks about. Another way to look at that, equally as good, is to look at the highest interest. If I have one debt which charging me 3% and one charging me 18 work on that 18% debt first. So either one of those two ways is doable, but just have a plan and do something. Well, that's a good word, a good word. Before we get into our next topic, talk to me about bankruptcy. What What's your feelings about it and what's your advice with folks here? You know, at that point, I know it's generic. I'm asking a generic question. It's depending on each situation. But generally, I am not in favor of declaring bankruptcy. I feel that if we have a debt which we are obligated for, that we should make every effort to pay that debt off. Having been a financial planner for over 20 years, I realize that sometimes Situations are such, whether it be medical, whether it be a family member, where suddenly debt overwhelms you and there is no way out to not only provide for your immediate family, but also to begin to pay off the debt. So I think that a bankruptcy, and there's different types of bankruptcy, I think it's useful to explore what option might be best. What many people don't realize is that you may owe eight, ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000 on a credit card. If you can approach that credit card company and say, hey, I have some financial problems. I'm not going to be able to pay this. What can you do for me? It is not uncommon to have that credit card company maybe reduce that debt by 20, 30, or even 50%. So look for ways that you can reduce that debt. And then if you have to, explore with a financial person on what options you may have with bankruptcy. But generally, I'm not in favor of it, but there are times when there's no other option. Yeah, those medical bills, boy, that'll that'll sure come out of nowhere and and uh, make life tough for you. But hey, God's got it. We're going to make it wherever you are in your finances. Hey, I'm telling you, God's got it. We're going to make it. Don't give up. Continue to work at it. Trust God, and he's He's going to get you out of it. He's, he's on our sides. We just got to work with him and he with us to get us where we need to be. Well, we've talked about how we spend money, have a plan, how we save money three to six months, uh, have a, an emergency fund, how we give money away. Well, Brian, talk to me about investing, because that's the fourth component of what we do with our money. couple great points here, Dr. Bob. Number one, I would suggest that you resist the urge to take high risk. Sometimes you are given an idea and it sounds really good, can't lose, double your money in two years. Trust me, that's usually not the result. Number two, before you begin to invest, figure out what your financial risk is. 
People like to take a lot of risk because, quote, that's where the big returns are, but then they get frustrated when their economy's down 8, 10, 12, 20, or 30 percent, and then, then, then they're sleepless, not honoring God at all. So before you invest anything, take the steps to determine what your risk level is for financial investing, and that will give you a lot more sleepful nights. And finally, as we talked about earlier, have a plan. You may want to do that yourself. There's plenty of applications out there to help you do that. Or you may choose to find a professional to walk you through those steps. Either way is a good answer. But have a plan that will get you from where you are today to where you want to be in three, five, seven, or even 10 years. That's that's a good word. And what about diversification? You've got, let's see, as a retiree, we're talking got Social Security. You got your cash savings uh, checking. You've got uh, stocks, which, by the way, the uh, don't want to give anybody false hope, but the but the average return from the stock market, Brian, if I'm not correct, over the last fifty years, has been nine point four percent. So Agreed. don't don't be having a heart attack when the stock goes down. We're in the long ball game, right? If you're in stocks and bonds, yes, you are. And then maybe real estate. So re- diversify, right? Exactly right. And unfortunately, some people think the term diversification means I have to have five different investment accounts spread over five different advisors. Not at all. It's just like what Dr. Bob said. Have some international, have some local local companies, perhaps, maybe some large companies, even some small companies, maybe some income like savings bonds and I bonds and things to diversify how your money is being worked for you. And that's where a financial planner comes in. You sit down with us and you say, look, here's how you can diversify and here's how I can assist you in this way. Well, because you're trained to do that. Thank you, Brian. Well, give me some thoughts that we can take home with us in addition to what we've tried to help our hearers understand. Money money is important. We've been entrusted to it. We can't live without it. So what can we do to maximize the impact to have ROI, return on investment uh, of our time and our lives, as well as financially. Just give us some some thoughts you would like to leave us with, Brian Little. I have four for you, Dr. Bob. Number one. Do they all start with P? (laughs) 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 Always seek to be a good steward of however much God chooses to let you manage. Okay, repeat that, please. Always seek to be a good steward of however much God chooses to let you manage, even wow, to include that line. in your quiet time prayers. Like what, what would I pray? You would say, Lord, what you've given to me, show me today what uses you may have for that. Wow, that's a good word. Good word. You might come across a homeless person or, or, or an opportunity. That's good. Number two. I guarantee you will. <laughs> yeah, if you pray that prayer, you bet. <laughs> Number two, if you're married, discuss together and seek God's guidance and direction together. You know, God gives each of us spouses when we are married mm-hmm. to make us complete and to fill in those holes in our thinking. So don't ignore that. Good. Number three. Be financially disciplined. You know, in Timothy, it says, I did not give you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and self-discipline. You know, there are parables about how to manage money, and they're all focused on being disciplined. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It takes practice like anything. And number one. But, but you oh. know, talk about marriage. It Uh-oh. seems, Brian, it seems the Lord always 
matches a saver with a spender. Of course. So get on the same page. And your last thought, please, Brian. (laughs) Last one. (laughs) Consider estate planning for when we leave Mm. this world and change our address. How does God want you to pass on the financial blessings that he has blessed you with. There's all kinds of options. I know Dr. Bob does a lot of work in that area, but consider whether you're 20, 40, 60, whatever, how you can pass on what God's blessed you with. Brian, what a good word. What a good word. Yeah, Beverly and I have estate planning. Significant part of our state's going to go for kingdom impact. Everybody ought to do that, no matter what or little you have. Brian Little, thank you so much. You're a rock star. God bless us all as we use money for the glory of God and thank God for it, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. See you tomorrow night, 5 o'clock, right here. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.